0: You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by the Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Jennifer Scalzi is the founder and CEO of Calibrate Legal, a recruiting firm that helps law firms find revenue enablers, and she spent the last 17 years inside of and as a consultant to law firms. As Calibrate Legal CEO, she utilizes that industry insight to develop modern services that prepare today's law firms for tomorrow's legal marketplace. Sophisticated talent plays a large role in that strategy, and Jennifer specializes in helping her clients find the best path for it when seeking to hire impact players in marketing, business development, and communications roles. I've got with me on the Partner Podcast today, Jennifer Scalzi, who's the CEO of Calibrate Legal. And today, we're going to talk about marketing and business development trends in today's law firms. Jennifer, thanks for joining me on the show today.
1: Hi, Scott. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what I like about your expertise is that we're kindred spirits. We both yeah. do the same thing. We do recruiting and we yes. both work in legal, but we talk to different animals. We, I talk to partners. You talk to people that are in the marketing side, for law firms.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: so kind of give me an overview. What's your history in the legal industry and how did you get into recruiting? And what are some of the exciting things that you're working on currently?
1: Sure. So I fell, accidentally fell into the legal industry, Like many people that we wind up recruiting through our business of placing marketing and business development professionals, a lot of them said, I was thinking I wanted to go to law school and then I went to work in a law firm uh, and then decided not to go to law school, right? And so I was one of those that did that exact path. And I really enjoyed the business that I saw that was happening inside of a law firm, but I didn't want to sit behind a desk and write briefs and read books and that kind of thing. So I pursued a job in a law firm where I started I was in the same law firm for six years, but I held a number of different roles, everything from HR to I did partner billing for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, to the library updates when you used to have to do the paper CCH updates in the library, to uh, recruiting, attorney recruiting both on campus and lateral and then marketing and business development as well. And so I did the, all of those roles uh, for four years in combined and combination. And then the last two years I spent focused on attorney uh, recruitment, law school, and, and laterals. And then in 2004, I just had an itch to do something different. And I moved to New York City from Texas and where I literally knew no one except for the person who gave me a job working as a legal marketing recruiter in 2004. And I remember when I first met with her, she said, I'm watching law firms in New York city grow their marketing departments, you know, anecdotally, I think hundred percent a year. And that was an 04. And she said, I really see an opportunity here. You've done marketing and recruiting, join me and let's, let's see what this is all about. So I uh, joined her, worked with her for about six years, and then I launched my own company, which was called J. Johnson Executive Search, but it's now called Calibrate Legal, which we can get to in a minute while we did the name change. And I have had this company in April. It'll be eight years. And so our focus currently is on the bread and butter, has always been helping law firms build their marketing and business development departments. Right. And then, most more recently, in the last two years, we have added a senior professional who was a former CHRO of a law firm. And her focus is helping law firms place marketing, or sorry, human resources, professional development, and attorney recruitment professionals. And then two years ago, we launched another uh, consulting division of the company that helps law firms, their marketing departments, have efficiencies surrounding their operations. So really helping them uh, realize The return on investment if law firms, the average bear law firm spends three to 4% of their budget on marketing related activities, helping those professionals prove their value inside of a law firm. And we like to call them not non lawyers, but we like to call them revenue enablers. They're helping a law firm make money uh, with the work that they do behind the scenes. I
0: remember the first time I read your website seeing that phrase, and I thought that's brilliant that you categorize them. As revenue enablers, because if I was a leader of a law firm and I read that word revenue enabler, I'm going to get a real happy feeling inside when I, yeah. so I see that those are the people I want. If I'm a partner, that means that these are people that are making my partnership a healthy firm. I don't, I can sleep well at night and focus on billing.
1: Right, so, and and there's all you know in law firms. There's been this caste system, right, of us versus them, and and it runs deep and the non, it's always been the sort of, well, you're a non-lawyer. So what, you know, what value do you bring? And so we really want to crush that stigma. I do understand that some people are just not lawyers, right? By designation. But using it in that pejorative way is something we want to get rid of because without the people helping to run the business of the law firm, which includes everything from the mailroom to secretaries, to the finance team, to IT, to marketing, you wouldn't have a business, right? You've got to have that infrastructure and so they're imperative. They're not a nice to have, it's imperative. And I believe they should be treated with the respect that, that uh, you know, aligned with the value that they bring.
0: Absolutely right. So so tell me about your mission of your firm. What is that?
1: Yeah. So our mission really is to provide information and thought leadership and ultimately the best possible talent to help law firms professionalize on, on the business side of the house. So uh, law firms in this day and age, as we all know, everything's changing. And I believe wholeheartedly that the firms who change their business model to embrace true business-minded experts um, in all aspects of the business services teams will be the ones that thrive in the future, mm-hmm. as opposed to firms that are run by partners who may or may not have a business background or training or acumen, frankly. Right. So it's really helping law firms to realize their full potential through really sophisticated business services talent.
0: Now, you're a smart person. You probably understand marketing, obviously, in the business of marketing, to people who do marketing. Yep. If, so, so how would you categorize? How would you segment the prospects of firms that you target Is it only large firms? How would okay. you categorize those types of law firms that you work with?
1: Well, obviously, if you think about evolution, it's going to be the biggest firms that sort of started marketing with marketing teams first. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's certainly trickled to the smaller firms. So I would say that, you know, I launched the business eight years ago with a couple of really large global Clients um, and when we're talking large, and my world large is more than a thousand lawyers. That's really big to me. Right, right. Um, whereas I know in other people they say large and they mean a hundred lawyers. And I, right. think, I think it's all perspective and relative to your where you're sitting. But so really large law firms. But we are currently working with firms in markets that are not what you would think of. That sort of the first tier markets, the New York's, Chicago's, DC's and the like, um, we're working currently with a firm that has 60 lawyers who is looking for their first business development professional to wow. work with them on a strategic plan. And so we're working through that process with them. Of what does that look like? And how can we ensure that they get the right person for where they are in their own evolution that's going to sync with the, the culture of their firm? So we do everything from the biggest of the big, the mid-size to the small, and everything in between.
0: So tell me then, let's just say you have a new client. You're dealing with the chairman or whoever it is of the firm. How do you serve them in ways beyond just doing the placement? What are the things that you offer to them as you get to know them, as you manage that placement process and follow up?
1: Yep. So... The most important part, and I just wrote, uh, it's called a think piece for a book that was published by PLI and authored by Deborah Ferron, who was the chief marketing officer at both Devoys and Cravath. And she invited me to write a think piece to be, that's an excerpt in the book. And it's about how do you get the CMO search right? And I also want to just stop and say, with regard to titles, CMO is typically the first chair position for a marketing professional, chief of something, whether it's marketing or business development or whatever, client service, there's all kinds of terms. But chief is typically where you see that top title landing. However, many, if not all, with a very few exceptions, of the New York-based firms, the ones that you, you think New York white shoe many, many, many of those have their top title as director, not chief. And that's a cultural thing across the board. It's a finance director, HR director. It's not chief of anything. So that's just a little nuance that I like to say to people because I don't think that's completely obvious. But for purposes of our conversation, we'll just talk about chief marketing officers. Right. So how do we get that search right? and And why do they fail? That's where we come in. And that's how we help firms get it right. What we find is that people come and then go as fast as they came because the alignment and they was not there to begin with. So what happens is firms go to market on their own without using a recruiter, an expert in their field to help them understand what the market looks like and how to manage that talent accordingly. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that, that I see, and it happens regardless of, of how, who you use and how you go about the process is recruiting is dating. So At the first interview, I've got my best foot forward. You've got your best foot forward. We're both going to try and impress one another and say, yes, I love working here. Well, I also am fantastic at what I do. And it goes through this same process all the way to the offer. And somebody signs up for something only having seen what those people wanted you to see. And and it's the candidate side too. And so the way that what we do is we come in and we get to know the client and Over the course of 19 years now, we have gathered and I've gathered a repertoire of talent right? and have have gone really deep in this industry. So we pride ourselves in knowing pretty much everybody and having gone through the journey, their own career journeys with many of them. And so we've gotten to know the talent from that side of what are you looking for and what's going to make you happy? What are you good at? What are you not so good at? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Where are you at your highest and best? So we have all of these candidates. And then we do the same thing with the client. Who are you? Who do you want to be? What are your strengths? What are your perceived weaknesses? What is your you know, brand equity in the market? What are you hoping that this person can do for you? And really understanding some of the skeletons in the closet so that we can present it, obviously, in an appropriate way to the candidates. And the right candidates are going to see those skeletons as opportunity. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people you don't want to work for you are people who are going to say, wait a second. That sounds terrible. I don't want to work there. And so we, we make sure that they rev- the, our clients give us space and allow us in um, to understand who they truly are, where the obstacles might be, so that we can manage it with the, the candidates. And so, that when they go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, this is interesting to me. And, and there's two things I want to talk to you about related to what you're saying. One of them is I want to, I'm going to get to this in a second. What are some of the overarching trends that you're seeing in law firm marketing? But before I get to that, Talking specifically about the placement. Let's say there's a law firm leader that's listening that uh, he or she wants to grow the firm, hire chief marketing or director of marketing, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what are some examples of deals that, for whatever reason, didn't work out? You thought it was going to work out in terms of a placement, but what were the variables that caused it to close? And what were some of the lessons that you learned from that that you could share to those people listening to them?
1: Well, I can give you an example of a project that we worked on. It did close, but I can tell you that the candidate that is in that position isn't super happy, even though it's been maybe two years now. And the reason is that the firm said, and really, I think they thought they believed that they were ready for change. And when all was said and done, they didn't put their money where their mouth was in terms of actually providing infrastructure resources. And actually, um, like they had said, some succession planning was going to happen at the top. And that person bought into the people that they met thinking that was going to be the next generation of leaders that they would get to work with. And it turns out that the person running the firm didn't give up control. And so, you know, they just weren't, I think they wanted to believe something. I wrote an article about this that was in The American Lawyer last January. And it was this sort of drinking your own bathwater and not really understanding the world outside of your bubble. And law firms are are known for that, right? We have the greatest. We are the best, the depth, the breadth, right? And then they also are so insular and they don't really know who their true competitors are. They don't really understand where they Authentically sit in the market. They, have, they tend to have an over a bigger sense of who they are. And I think one of the things that these, any marketing person will fail if there isn't a true understanding by the firm of who they are and who they are not.
0: What's interesting, I've seen the same thing at yeah, the leadership level in firms, in that those attributes that cause that partner to be very successful as a partner, as a leader might also be those same reasons why that person has deficits. And in every great story, the protagonist has these extreme strengths and weaknesses. Correct. Sherlock Holmes was addicted to heroin. You know, so you, you've yep. got examples in real life. And I think people like us, that and, and kind of talking more specifically about you, you've got that subject matter expertise. You mm-hmm. have a passionate perspective on the inner workings of that person's firm. Right. And I've seen it where a firm overestimates their brand equity in a certain mm. practice area. And they just don't understand why they can't attract the right kind of partner.
1: And, and it's so, so painful when they just won't hear it. And, and yeah. at some point, you know, I've said to clients, listen, we're not aligned. I cannot be successful. I don't want to fail in your eyes. So we need to part ways. I've done that because I just, if people aren't willing to be real with themselves, that's something I struggle in terms of being able to be successful. Right, right. I, don't, I don't want to put my candidates that trust me into a place that they're not going to be successful. If I, if I sense that, that, that's hard for me.
0: So, so let me ask you this. Let's say there's a prospective law firm, whatever size it is, and you feel good about these people. And you think that there's a compelling narrative that would be attractive to the right types of candidates. Yeah. And you've got them on board. Tell me a little bit about your process. And then let's talk about some of the, uh, the overarching trends that you see within legal marketing right so kind you tell me a little bit about your process with what you do, and then yeah. we'll talk about some of the other things.
1: Right. So we first meet with the key stakeholders. Anybody who, if we're talking about a first-time first, first time hire, and frankly, even for a repeat, we like to hear from the stakeholders themselves. So who are the people that are going to consume the services of this person and or team? Um, what is it that they, and as individuals, want? What is their vision for how this person should operate? And how are they going to measure the success after a year? What does that look like? And we meet with as many people as will talk to us. And by the way, we do it one-on-one. We don't yeah. like groupthink in this kind of a scenario. And then when we're done with the meetings, we put together a summary of what we heard in key themes. And we line it up against the job description that they've probably already written and proposed that we use and and see if it matches. And we talk with the management, the people leading the search, and say, here's what we heard. Is that aligned with what you think we need to do? Uh, here's our recommendations. We all get on the same page. And I we manage it very closely so that people can understand what it is and what it is not. So an example would be some lawyers think that you hire someone whose title is business development, and that's equals lead generation, direct sales, new, new matters in the door within a few months, like a Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that generally speaking, that is not the case. And so we, we manage those types of things. From there, we put it uh, into our existing network. First, which I'm sure you do the same, of mm-hmm. people that you've collected over the years that you're excited about finding a home for. And then we do a ton of advertising. So marketing professionals, they love to be marketed to. Mm-hmm. And so we do add ads uh, using the firm's logos. We do use social media blasts. We do all kinds of things that ensure that we are using or rather getting in front of these folks in the way that they receive information. So whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or social media or direct emails or phone calls or whatever. We're doing all of that. From there, we present a slate of candidates. Typically, and if it's one market, it's typically between three and five candidates. But if it's multi-markets, it could be a few more than that for the firm to consider. And from there, as you know, it's about them hurting their internal cats. Like once we turn the candidate process over, it's it's at their, uh, you know, we're at their mercy on that. Yeah, Let a
0: candle Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so that's how our process works. In terms of overarching themes, there's a couple things. The first I alluded to, which was um, this concept of sales professionals within law firms. The reality is that the lawyers are the sales force and most of them are not very good at it either because they haven't been trained right. or because they're just not naturally good at it, right? We know that most lawyers, the profile in on the Myers-Briggs, most lawyers is introverted. And so we have to help them. So law firm marketing and BD professionals really are that support system to help them be where they need to be, say what they need to say in their own way. So the sales, the concept of sales in law firms, it's happening, right? It is happening where there are people who, generally speaking, they are former practicing lawyers or JDs who never practiced and got somehow into sales. They are out there. And some of the largest firms are doing that, where they have people that are doing client care and client feedback programs and having relationships with, say, the business manager in the GC's office and really making sure, are we serving you the way that you want to be served? How are you feeling about our services, et cetera? So really managing the client in that way and looking for opportunities for cross-selling. The second thing that we're seeing that I think is super exciting is an homage to the real world which is everything other than law firms is the real world i think um, <laughs> right. and that's and that's this concept of client experience and we're really seeing firms start to think about how the client is experiencing their firm from a holistic standpoint so marketing and business development professionals tend to get uh, in the loop on the front end of the sales cycle where it's we're prospecting we're nurturing we're closing And then they're dropped off and somebody else takes over inside the firm once the matter is brought in. And the idea here is that those professionals who help nurture the lead, close the deal, would then have a hand in how is this person experiencing our brand? How are they experiencing our talent and our offerings? And working more holistically to look at retention of that client cross-selling of that client. So really bringing those professionals into the full life cycle of that client. And if the if the matter is a one-off kind of thing, it closes then doing feedback. What can we learn? And how do we institute any changes so that the next client has a better experience? Right. So that's what we're seeing as a trend. Uh, that's exciting. And that's what's done in you know consumer packaged goods on a regular basis and other types of, of marketing, B2C marketing. That's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and some takeaways I have from this, Gives, and here's some ideas for those in leadership roles that are selling their firm to prospective candidates, whether it's associates, partners, meeting people, or whatever. And always think of what's unique about your firm. What's unique about you? Whenever I ask firms that, a lot of them say we've got great culture. Everybody's got great culture. Yeah. In fact, a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Bob Potter was on. And for those of you listening, it's partnerpodcast.com. That's the main link. And you can go to his. It was. The preference value proposition. What is it about your firm that's going to be the reason why they choose your firm in terms of client? Well, same thing works with hiring. I think people in marketing. I think what you do in building that infrastructure of a firm's marketing department that in itself can be a unique enough attribute to attract partners that want to go to a firm that sees that supporting revenue generators, as you correctly term them, Jennifer. Those those firms are unique, and if they've invested resources even in consultants that coach partners one-on-one on on how to identify sales opportunities, that's enough to get somebody's attention. That's a good story. So I think what you do, that enhances not just the firm's ability to sell the work and look for opportunities, but also to attract those people that do have successful, portable practices.
1: Yep, 100%. The other thing that is, and this will be my last trend, but is the focus on industry versus practice. Mm -hmm. So there's some really well-known firms that have in the last two years rebranded so that on an outward facing way, they're focused on, they've picked a few industries and they go really deep in those industries as opposed to doing everything for everyone. And we're hearing a lot of feedback that general counsels are appreciative, uh, particularly on a global scale where they have global needs, where firms are diving into their particular industry and getting to know who they are in a much deeper way. So the industry focus is something that I would encourage anyone listening, if you haven't thought about that, to really put some thought into that potentially as part of your strategic plan going forward.
0: That's great. Well, Jennifer, you've got some great ideas. You've got some great content and some great solutions for people that are looking to grow their firm through bringing on those revenue revenue enablers. Mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, how can they find you? What's your website? Of you know, you sure. Put this in the show notes as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. So our website is calibrate-legal.com and all of our contact information is there. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. You know, again, marketing people, we we really try to mirror what they they should be doing for their for their law firm. So we are wherever they are, that's where we are.
0: That's great. What about conferences that you attend? If people are going to attend certain conferences this year or over the next few months, are there any that are on your calendar currently?
1: Yeah, so I'm on the board of directors of the Legal Marketing Association and so that is an amazing organization that is is truly the home for all legal marketing professionals. We have tons of content on our website, there's podcasts, there's all kinds of conferences regionally. We have an international conference coming up in and- uh, April in Atlanta. And then in terms of another conference that's really good and we see we do see partners that go to that. It's called the Marketing Partner Forum. That's held every January. That's a, a Thomson Reuters produced event. Um, that one's really good as well, particularly for for partners to go with their first chair marketing professional and learn together. It's it's awesome content. But the Legal Marketing Association really is is the place to be for, for any information on what's what's happening and, and trends, et cetera.
0: That's great, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being on the show today. And I'm sure we'll bring you back to talk to you about more marketing ideas for law firms here in the near future.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.